everyone. Welcome to Red Monk Conversations. I'm Rachel Stevens. I am a senior analyst with Red Monk, and with me is Narayanan Raghavan. Narayanan is the senior director of SRE at Red Hat, and I'm very excited to have Narayanan with me today because I feel like SRE as a concept is something that's both really established and also um, not as well understood sometimes as its counterpart DevOps. And so I'm really excited to just kind of dive into some of the specifics of SRE and how they've implemented it at Red Hat. And I think it's going to be a great discussion. So Narayanan, let's start with a level set and maybe just talk about what is the SRE discipline and maybe talk a little bit about its benefits to the industry overall. Sure. Uh, first off, thank you for having me here. Uh, so what is SRE? Uh, SRE is a practice, it's a culture, uh, it's people. Uh, it's a job description the term is overloaded uh, but at its core sre really is about bringing software engineering practices to it operations at scale uh, it's about how you use software as a tool to manage systems to automate and to solve problems it's about how you focus on scaling projects and products versus engineering teams in terms of benefits for SRE or for organizations implementing SRE, uh, two immediate uh, benefits or two big benefits pop up. Uh, the first is a cultural or mindset change, uh, which really boils down to how, how do people think about success of the entire stack, not just a single layer in the stack. It's also about scaling your team non-linearly as your services scale. And then really brings a sense of pride, right? Brings a sense of ownership and accountability within all of your teams where everyone has a skin in the game in the success of the organization. The second big benefit is learning that it's okay to fail. You know, fail, uh, the word fail really uh, is an acronym in my mind. Uh, it stands for first attempt in learning. And so the SRE practice is really helping build good data-driven hygiene, being able to track and measure outcomes in the form of SLOs and error budgets, and architecting applications for high availability and reliability. Oh, I love that. I think there are a couple of great things in there. I really liked that nonlinear scaling of the team and making everyone more effective and, and having everybody have more impact, which is great. And that, that cultural shift and around the mindset of failure, I think is so important. I think, especially as we think about things like uptime, people can get a little bit panicky when they, when they think about failure. Those those kind of things can make people a little nervous. And so I, I think having a culture where there's a healthy attitude around failure, I think is really, really important. Let's talk a little bit more about culture. And in particular, what was Red Hat's journey and cultural shifts that had to happen in order to establish an SRE practice? Sure. So the Red Hat journey started about six or seven years ago, right around the time when the Google SRE book came out. Uh, so about six, seven years ago, uh, we were a traditional ops uh, kind of team. Uh, we had one-off scripts, siloed knowledge, hero worship, uh, white glove service where uh, maintenance like upgrades required downtime. And so we had to coordinate with our customers. The team had to scale with the size of our uh, service. And all of that resulted in a reluctance really deploying new features. So that also reflected in our SLA, where back in the day, our SLA was 99%. Now, fast forward to today, 
our SLA is 99.95%. And all that operational knowledge we've had within the team is all baked into code and especially code as in Kubernetes operators. So everything is automated top down. The team is also fully self-sufficient, so we don't have knowledge silos within the team. And we do weekly, if not daily, deployments. So our processes or systems have become a lot more efficient. And we didn't get here overnight, right? It's been a journey. And it's required executive buy-in and support. It's required us to rethink our hiring and onboarding practices. And it's required us to actually mature our monitoring, observability, telemetry, uh, dashboarding, our CICD practices. Uh, we do incident rehearsals now. Uh, so all of that is taken one time, but it's helped mature the team. It's helped change mindsets within the company. Yeah, that, that sounds like a really holistic shift. It sounds like it's kind of one of those those cultural changes that has to come from like grassroots change and top-down buy-in um, kind of across the organization, not just a single team. So it really sounds like it was a overarching effort across Red Hat to make this happen. Absolutely. And in retrospect, it's been a fascinating uh, journey so far. Yeah, it sounds like it. So one of the things I, I want to dive in and chat with you about today is kind of helping people understand and navigate some of these big questions that people have when they're trying to figure out how to architect their applications. And I think one of the um, things that comes up all the time, it's the classic one of build versus buy. And when we're talking about platforms and particularly platforms like OpenShift, what is the difference that happens? Like people can build this themselves, but what's the differentiation and having that build versus buy mindset and what can Red Hat provide that customers can't do themselves? Sure. So first off, can customers do this themselves? Absolutely. But is it the best use of their time? Does it provide you know, differentiated heavy lifting? I doubt it. So keeping up with you know, hundreds of open source projects that make up an enterprise ready Kubernetes application platform, that's hard. Hiring and retention challenges, that alone is hard for you know, any hiring manager out there. But platform day one, day two operations, upgrades, keeping up with security vulnerabilities and patching them, et cetera, that adds another layer of challenge. And this is where Red Hat SREs come in, because our job is to make the platform boring so our customers can actually focus on their value add. I feel like we've had this industry-wide shift of let's make Kubernetes boring, and it feels like you're trying to take it like one level up since the Kubernetes boring and the implementation of Kubernetes and like the default choices should be boring too. Exactly. Yeah, so I think the other industry-wide question that I think is interesting and relevant to this conversation is people trying to grapple with where in the stack all of these platforms sit and kind of how they need to be investing at different layers of the stack. And so I, I think one of the um, landscape questions that people are probably interested in, and I would love for you to spend some time on, is the differentiation of a platform like OpenShift compared to what you can get from the hyperscalers. Sure. So I'll actually answer in two different uh, ways. So first off, from a customer perspective, uh, we as Red Hat SREs, we believe in the success of the entire stack. So we engage up and down the stack. And what I mean by that is we're actually working directly with our customers, with cloud providers, with our partners, with open source communities. We're taking all that knowledge we've built up and making sure that 
the platform can scale and is reliable so our customers can ultimately benefit by running their workloads and not having to worry about the platform. We also engage to, uh, with our customers to understand their specific use cases and all the third-party vendors and their products that they use because we want workloads to be successful on the platform. The second perspective I'll give you is from a team uh, side of things, uh, in a people side of things. I'd argue that we're the only team that's out there, the only team where you can work on all the coolest technologies, whether it's OpenShift or Kubernetes, the AWS stack, the Azure stack, the GCP stack, all of that coming together in one single place. And because of that, we've built, again, a lot of knowledge that we can actually help our customers. And we built that empathy for our customers, and we've also built empathy for each other on the team. So the team has been built with you know, uh, respect, adversity, camaraderie, work-life balance is something we care about, and we actually have fun doing what we do. So you will see that in our products, right? We take pride in what we do. And so if you look at the day in the life of an uh, SRE, you actually see that we focus on the entire ecosystem, not just the platform. So we're bringing all of that knowledge to build that robust offering. And I have to say, we're also hiring. I, I like it. Everyone needs to drop those, those hiring things now in this market. So we will be sure to drop a link below for people who are interested in the aspiring SREs out there. Um, one part that I want to dig in just a little bit, because you talked in a previous answer about making the platform boring. And then in this last answer, you talked about customer empathy. And I think one of the things that is maybe um, interesting to dive into and having a good understanding here is how customer facing is the SRE role at Red Hat and how much are you actually talking to customers directly? So we actually engage with our customers a lot. Uh, we engage with them pre-sales and post-sales. We also engage with companies that are not our customers because we truly want to help our customers and potential customers understand what it is that we do and what has our journey been so far. Right. Customer empathy and, and platform being boring actually go hand in hand together because we can't make a platform robust and boring uh, without really understanding what are some of the challenges that our customers are facing today. So we fundamentally want to uh, understand where are our customers coming from, what are their challenges, and what third-party vendors are they working with, and how can we help not just our customers, but our partners to run their products along with our customers to run their workloads on top of OpenShift at scale. It's great. And it's, it sounds like you're really describing a, a great two-way street, one where you're, you're incorporating all of their feedback into your platform as you can, and you're t understanding their pain points, and also you're being able to share your own expertise back to them. So that, that sounds Absolutely. like a really fun exchange. Yes. All right. So one of the things that you have definitely hammered um, home across this um, entire discussion is kind of this ecosystem view. And I, I'd love to kind of close out this conversation talking about that ecosystem view that you all have, because it feels like it's fairly unique um, and you, ha you have an interesting open source perspective and multi-cloud and hybrid cloud perspective. And so I'd love to just talk about how that benefits your customers overall. Do you have any examples that you can share with us? Sure. So uh, like I said before, our job is to make the platform boring so our customers can focus on their value add. 
uh, as SREs, we're exposed to pretty wide variety, volume, velocity of workloads and use cases across multiple clouds. And we're trying to bring all of that knowledge to help our customers. We also drink our own champagne, and that means customers don't have to feel the pain, right? I'll give you a specific example. About a couple of years ago, uh, we ran into a kernel bug uh, that manifested itself on just AWS. Uh, and we worked with the RHEL kernel engineering team, the community, uh, and we actually found out that uh, that was a bug that was more prevalent than uh, we expected. So we were able to not just identify the bug, but also fix it, roll it out to all of our customers before they even realized that there was a bug. Uh, we also look at all of our decisions from a variety of different perspectives, whether it's performance or reliability, scalability, security, self-service and automation. Uh, and more importantly, we also look at it from a cost perspective for our customers. Uh, you know, over the last few years, we've actually moved from uh, the AWS M4 instance types to M5, uh, and now M6i is, is an example, but that's just one small example. We're constantly looking at what it is that we can do to help our customers, uh, be it you know, provide a platform that's reliable and scalable, uh, et cetera, and make it the most cost-efficient offering that's out there. Bottom line, we are tied to the hip with our customers to ensure their success, to ensure the success of their workloads and all the partner uh, products that they depend on. Yeah, that sounds like a really holistic view of the ecosystem and the ability to take the learnings that you're having in parts of the ecosystem and apply them across the entire fleet is a benefit to customers regardless of where workloads are running. Yep. Yeah. Well, Narayan, and thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. And I really appreciated just the conversation about the importance of the platform and the people behind the platform, but also just the, the focus on the um, ecosystem more broadly and the landscape around you, up, uh, above you, below you, um, open source and partners and other vendors. I, I think you have a really um, unique perspective and an interesting place to sit in the industry. So it's been really fun to um, talk with you and hear about all the things that you're seeing. Sure. Thank you for having me. Have a good day.